Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Nineteen ninety, I moved to a street called Arnaz Drive, and I was a young guy, twenty-three, had been working at NBC in New York, and decided I wanted to come to Hollywood and I wanted to become an actor. And today I'm at the Four Seasons, and the Four Seasons Hotel is literally three blocks from where I was. And in that period of my life, in the early nineties, for me, I was ringing checks at the Palm Restaurant, which was working for my dad. I was going out on commercial auditions. I was a shitty actor. At that time, Julia Roberts was hitting with Pretty Woman. George Clooney was hitting with ER, and I was a schlump. And here I am today, sitting at the Four Seasons, waiting to have drinks with George and Julia. George Clooney, thank you for coming to my party. George and Julia arrive with a posse of publicists and assistants because they have spent the entire day promoting their new movie, Ticket to Paradise. George has to go do an interview In after this. I know, he's got a few things. This wraps you up? This, there's nothing going to be filmed or anything, right? No, I might take a selfie with us and that's it. But just as fast as the storm of celebrity rolls into room 210 of the Four Seasons, it rolls out again. And I find myself with a couple of old friends catching up over drinks. Cheers. 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 What are you drinking? I'm drinking Bougien. There you go. There you go. Bougien is my, oh, that's your, that's that's my show liquor. So this is a super exciting day and just goes to show you, you never know what's going to happen when you pull up a chair. I'm Bruce Bossy, and this is my podcast, Table for Two. Okay, guys. So, welcome to Table for Two. Thank you. But it's Table for Three today. So when you want to have lunch or drinks with Julie Roberts, sometimes you get George Clooney. Yeah, sometimes you get stuck. (laughs) I think it's a tumor on your shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) So today has been all about your movie, and I don't know much about junkets, but how are you holding up? Incredibly well. Yes. And I think for a couple of reasons that are unique. One, we get to be together. Yeah. Which anytime, well, anytime you're with a friend conversing, it's always just nicer. But, you know, this movie is so much about 
us and our friendship, our chemistry, that to be able to promote it, which mm-hmm, is what yeah. the junket is, together yep. is really fun. Right. And that we're actually not sitting in front of a computer screen right. talking to people who are who knows where, probably without pants on. Right. Ooh. I mean. <laughs> I'm not wearing pants as we speak right now. Yeah, because we're on the radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. The radio? Is that what we are? <laughs> the radio. It's fun to do a, a junket with Julie also because I think people are shocked at how much shit we still we will give each other uh, yeah. and I think that's always fun too because they're always like <gasps> I know there's a couple more than a couple but a few times today where somebody's like yeah. Is that okay? Uh, the next question would be like, <laughs> really like stop dead in their tracks, like, oh, oh super you know. uncomfortable. Well, I mean, that brings up a question for me because you know, there's such chemistry between you guys, and you know, we've seen it a multitude of times in the movies. And there's you know, famous pairs, you know, like um, Turner and Hooch, Turner and Hooch, <laughs> Steve Martin and John Candy. Um, we have uh, no, you know, Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert, yeah, you know, sure. we have a Sarah Rush. What's like what's chemistry and how how does that click? I've seen it a few times. You see, like I remember uh, Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. I thought yeah. they were really good right. together. Yeah. You know, it's like when people ask, you know, what makes someone a movie star. You go, I don't really, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. I I recognize it when I see it. I think chemistry in general is one of those things where you go, well, I only recognize it when I see it. I don't right. know how you can describe it because you know you can do something that doesn't work with people that you're really good friends with. How does that feel? Like when that happens? I don't know. I've never had that happen. George, you want to feel this? I'll, I'll take that question. <laughs> oh, I did a film with Julia that didn't work. <laughs> See, this is what's been going this on all it. day. And right. we're all friends, but people that don't know us are like, right. oh, I, yeah. is that funny? Am I supposed to laugh? Yeah. Shame on you, George. I will say this, though. I only, I think like maybe last week, when somebody sent me something about our our collective movies together. Oh, yeah, you said that to me. I'd never really thought of us as seen as this pair. Right. And it, it brought me so much joy. Yeah. And job security. I thought, <laughs> okay, now we're talking. But it really did bring me so much joy to think that people see us as, like, a movie pairing. Right. So for this particular movie, is it like... Oh, I'll do that movie if Julia's going to do it, mm-hmm. or I'm not going to do it. I mean, that was it. Was absolutely what we said. Literally, right. we we first texted each other and just said, "Have you read it?" And then both of us were like, "I'll only do it if you do it." Yeah, and I remember distinctly talking to Brian and saying, "I really just don't know how it works if it's not George." Yeah. Right. I just and not to say, I mean, in a great script and very funny. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we made it, but yeah. for me, the whole idea of that relationship and a divorced couple and all that stuff, it really. Just the how well we know each other and the history that we have together. It's like you said the other day, you think that there's half the country thinks we actually are divorced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's probably true. So, I mean, that takes a lot of the explaining in the beginning off so that you can jump right into the being rotten to yeah. one another. Sort of like when you don't see a friend for a long time that you love and you just jump right back into yeah. it. Yeah, so, like only a day has gone by. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So does that mean there's going to be more... Couplings, job security. I really hope so. I'd be shocked if there wouldn't be. Well, what's the process now for you to to get yourself in front of the camera at this point in your life? What has to jump for you to be like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to work now because you know how 
with the decades of doing your job, how hard it is. Many how much decades time. for Julia. Many, <laughs> many, many. Uh, several. You could even several. say. Oh, decades. <laughs> Honest to God, the the one thing that's uh, clear, and I learned I don't know, decades ago, was if the script doesn't work, then you can't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. End of story. And then it's the director, I think, probably is the next thing. that If we were looking at something, we'd read a script, go, it's good. Who's directing it? Okay. And then that would be the conversation that I think both of us would have. I have, yes, I completely agree with that. And for me, I feel like from the very beginning, even back when I really shouldn't have been saying no to anything because I needed the work and I needed the money and... um, I would read a script and I just would feel it in my bones. Yes, I want to do this. No, I don't want to do this. And only one time did I not listen to my, no, I don't want to do this. And I did it. And it was not, it was a mistake. Um, it was a, it was a personal mistake right. because I didn't just go for the f- only time with my instinct. Right. Do you, George, when you talked about director, so when you're working on a film like Ticket to Paradise, are you actually sort of thinking that's a shitty you know, that sh- it should go this way. Should I get from your experience? Are you going like that? Should kind of look like no, that? No, you, you, can't, you can't be second-guessing the director. You have mm-hmm. to come... Before you take the job, you can do all of that. You can right. say, I don't know, I've seen these films, or I don't know about... Or you check in. Oh, he wants to do... This guy does 70 takes of walking in the door, and you go, right. I don't really want to work like that. Yeah. <laughs> and there are directors like really? that. You know that. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Lots of them. Yeah. Where you just go... And there's directors that yell and scream. I've worked with one or two, and I've always said, I'll never do that again. Okay. So you do all that vetting before you get there. And once you get in there and start to work, um, you got to let... You know, the idea that you can go, well, you could put the camera over there and shoot. I mean, there were a couple of moments on the set where the weather, for instance, started raining and there was no Mm. chance that it wasn't going to rain all day. And they were trying to figure out, do we wait or do we not? And then it's like, you know, my experience is shoot it in the rain. (laughs) No, it was so great. And George was like, let's just shoot it in the rain. Because there came a point where you realize this is a monsoon now. The rain is not going to stop. So time is going by. Our window of opportunity is leaving us. And George was like, Let's just shoot it in the rain. We'll just shoot it in the rain. Right. Yeah. And then when they finally agree to shoot it in the rain and all these very correct wardrobe people come out with water bottles to spritz us to make us look wet. And George is like, it's raining. And he just went outside, (laughs) got wet. And it was like, okay, this is, you know. Well, that's always, but but in general, once you've signed off on the job, you've got to do your job. And we have to have faith in all, which we did. And, you know, you don't want to second guess him and, Undercut him because, you know, you know, Julia or I on, on a set, we can really undercut a director. And when you do that, it makes all the other actors who are, you know, two, three, four, and five on the call sheet, um, it oftentimes makes them treat that director poorly as well. Right. I've or seen or just question, like, who yeah. do I look to for right. what's and right? And especially, you know, we're working with very good actors, mm-hmm. but much younger they have less experience than Mm -hmm. we do and I think it was nice as time went by and we all really got to spend so much time together and you hear other actors talking about like some of the experiences they've had with people who are in the positions of more power and just saying it's just not fun it's just you see people with the power and they're kind of throwing it around yeah and and you kind of forget like oh yeah we could be big fat jerks right yeah, that would be horrible. But why would we yeah, be? Yeah, no. It's, I, I, I enjoy being Yeah. <laughs>
You couldn't be a big fan. <laughs> I you? enjoy it. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to my conversation with Julia Roberts and George Clooney on Table for Two. You know, something that I've always loved about these two is that they really make you forget that they are the Julia Roberts and George Clooney. But of course that makes sense because those weren't always household names. There was a time when George was a struggling television actor and Julia was praying for a commercial gig. So let's get back into it and hear about when the tides started to shift in their careers. You talked, Julia mentioned a little bit about going with your gut at a time when you shouldn't have even said no to jobs, right? It feels like with actors specifically, there's a long time in one's career where you're, you, you're asking for work, for validation, and then... It doesn't flip for a lot of people, but it flipped. And then now you're in a different position. When did that happen for you? And how did that feel? And how did, you, how did that affect you making choices in the business? Well, I, for one, am so grateful for all of the jobs that I wanted more than life itself that I didn't get to. Really? I think about the commercials. I think about you the, cried when you didn't the TV shows. And I was like, oh, God, I was so close. How did I not get that job? And I am so grateful now. So grateful. Because? Because she would have done them and she wouldn't have had the career. She yeah, would. or, you know, there would just be a document of time that you don't want following you around or whatever it is. And I just feel like... She's pointing at my career. Right? Yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, when you think about... <laughs> mullet. Um, <laughs> it's a good um, mullet. 
It was it a was, good mullet. You know what? It was such a fully realized mullet. Like yeah. uh, It was commitment. Yeah. And I applaud you for that. Thank you. <laughs> and the mullet is making a comeback. I was going to say. That's even worse. <laughs> it is making a comeback. It makes me sad. It's like fully making a comeback. Really? I, I have two teenage boys. Yeah. Do they really mullet? Yeah, it's a comeback. No, Finn doesn't. But Henry has a quasi mullet okay. that actually is pretty cool. I'll show you a picture. It's... Danny cut his hair. He was like, Dad, I want a mullet. And I was like, I said to Danny, I was like, don't go full. Medium mullet. You know, when I think about George and Julia, I think of how successful they've both been. But it's so important to remember that in order to get to that success, both of them had to endure failure first. But they're better for it, and they have the careers that they do because of it. I mean, as actors, aren't we like innately insecure and we suffer from imposter sure. syndrome and all Always. that kind of stuff? So even what someone else would say, this is the point in George's career when he made it. Like, yeah. that's when it all turned. That's Bam. He probably has different feelings about it. He being him, being you, right. yes. sitting right here next right. to me. Well, I do have different feelings about it, only that um, I failed in so many shows you know I was on seven series before ER and 13 pilots wow and so I was almost successful a bunch and by the way when you're an actor and you're on a series you're beating the odds by a billion so I felt like I was successful but I felt like I was sort of a journeyman I was stuck in doing some pretty bad television along the way I was bad in it I'm not blaming them um and then I finally then ER hit and ER was 40 million people yeah. a week. It was the most popular show ever. If you I watched it. I watched it. I didn't it. miss that an episode. Was and CTV it was Thursday nights. Thursday night, yeah. And it changed overnight. Like a week later, two weeks later, I guess, we were on the cover of Newsweek. Wow. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, we'd walk down the streets of New York and everyone not only recognized it, but they knew our names, our mm-hmm. actual name. And I remember walking with Benny, who you know my buddy, Benny, and I just, we're walking to New York, they're like, hey, George. And I was like, and I looked at Benny and said, I just got famous. Yeah. And, you know, it's a funny, that's that bug light that you chase in a way that you, once you get there, it's like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. a little, but it Why? Because it just because it's scary? Because, or because of all the other invasive. things that come along right. with the loss of privacy and the responsibility. But your mentality is still, you're a, a, a working and a struggling actor. Mm-hmm. And it was that way for a while. So I took jobs along those lines with the with the show I took films that's I got an offer I took it you know oh my god I'm doing it I'm gonna do it even to the point of the the one I always joke about which is Batman which is a terrible film I'm bad in it but I was thrilled mm. like, yeah, I was over the moon you were Batman I was yeah. Batman <laughs> and then film. and it's a big flop and that's okay but you know what it taught that moment that minute of failure and failure is a real that's where you learn you don't learn in success and the minute I failed and uh, I realized, oh, I'm going to be held responsible for the movies, mm. not for my performance anymore, right. but for the films themselves that get made because they're making them on my back. And so from then on, my choices were about screenplay and director. And the next three films for me, and I held out for other films, were Out of Sight, Three Kings, and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And so I love was, all three of those movies. It was like... That's like, oh, I get it. I'm going to be held responsible. So there was a moment of that I could point to that said it, the career change, which is ER. And there was a moment which taught me how to change that trajectory, and that was Batman. For yourself. <laughs> That's wild. For myself. Yeah. 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 And you also did something with that, which was, uh, I think, unique. 
becoming a, a television, big television star and then becoming a movie star, mm-hmm. which didn't really happen. It seemed like it was boxed. Well, it's funny because it, it goes in cycles, right? Because Clint Eastwood was a TV star and he was a giant movie star. There are a few guys that did it. Um, but then it became impossible and they really shut down the door and there were guys like David Caruso and guys who left yeah, TV right. shows to have a big film career. And they really made it almost impossible to do. And it's changed considerably now, don't you think? I feel like the, that, that's not... Yeah, now it, people don't look over. at the different differences yeah. the, the way that they do. Just because there's so much more t- uh, expansive TV with... Yeah, because it's both. Of, uh, people are allowed right. to kind of do what they want. But I think for you, I can't imagine what it would be like becoming wildly famous on a TV show when you're in people's homes, Every day. Yeah. when people can sit in their slippers... They know you personally. Yeah, mm-hmm. because so, you come to their house every week. And that kind of fame. And remember, this isn't just small TV. This is 40 million yeah. people. No, I can't imagine so what it felt I like. Got, I was on a plane with a, a big movie star, and we got off the plane. We were flying somewhere. And it, and they were like, you know, oh, my God. And they were all staying back, you know, from the star. And then they see me. It's like, George. Uh-huh. And they grab you. Yeah, different Because energy. they've seen you in their in their house, oh, and they've got a remote, and they can make you talk or not talk, and and you're and you're tiny compared to uh, you know in a big movie star. So you really are personally there. You know you, they know you personally, and so there was a different kind of energy. And what people won't remember, but up until Perfect Storm, which was the year I left the, the show when I, my contract was up, up until then, and I had like Three Kings and O Brother and Out of Sight and some other films. Up until that moment. Uh, it was just, every article was like, he's not going to make it. Every article really? was, every single piece, every question was like, he doesn't have it. In fact, there were directors that quit. Um, Sidney Pollack quit. Uh, he was going to direct Out of Sight, and he quit because he said, he's not a movie star about me when I got the job. Now, and that happened with a couple of directors. Uh, <laughs> Julius wide open. I'm like, stunned. I know. And the funny thing is, I worked with Sidney later and Michael Clayton, and I walked over and I said, hey, man. And he goes, listen, you know, all right, take it easy. All right, that's wrong. No, I, I loved him. I really loved yeah. him. And I didn't hold it against him at the time. But so the narrative was very different. It was really and, different. And it was a hard thing to cross over at that moment. But there's divine intervention right there because you end up with Steven. Yeah. And the exactly. movie is so yeah. great. Yeah. And it, it was, is so so good that movie yeah, oh my god every time I watch it and I've watched it more than once which right I can't say for any of my movies really? yes <laughs> I, you I, you one myself I rediscover I find every time I watch it I go god it's so good yeah it's good Don, Don was so good I mean yeah. but everybody and the way it's cut and everything and just, well you know what the other thing was Stephen was coming off of three not very or two I guess not very like the underneath and movies that no one saw and weren't really you know uh, it certainly weren't received well after having such a great start so we were both when we met for this and I was already attached and then we went over Danny DeVito was a producer and we went over Michael you know Stacey shared Michael Chambers so. and there was that moment where you know I looked at Stephen he looked at me and we both needed a success mm-hmm. we were both up against it and there's something really good about having your back against the wall mm-hmm. Stephen you know and if you ask yeah. Stephen the you know, his best film, he'd put that as one of his best films. You know, I think he'd put Rockovich in Traffic, the, which mm-hmm. is that... that which he made one, one after year, the other. In the same year. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I remember when he was, he wanted to ask Jules, his now wife, out. And we were doing 
oceans. We were in, I think we were in New Jersey then. And he's like, I want to ask her out, but I don't think so. And that was the morning that he was nominated for directing both films, Aaron right. Brockovich mm-hmm. and Traffic. Mm-hmm. And I said, Stephen, now listen to me. If there was ever a day ask out this beautiful woman, right. it's today. Aww. Call her up. Aww. And they're that is so fun. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to Table for Two. As my conversation with Julia Roberts and George Clooney wanders from story to story, I'm reminded that even big-time actors can get starstruck about those who came before them. Do you ever think about some movie star in the past that no longer exists that you would have loved to have worked with? Well, worked with, I don't know. But, I mean, to have met, to have shared time with, I would say Catherine Hepburn. I mean, she's the ultimate. Um, Audrey Hepburn, who I did meet one time, Mm -hmm. which was other... Where did you meet her? Okay. So I'm going to tell you the story. (laughs) You've probably heard the story a thousand years ago. But once upon a time, I was in Europe with friends. And it just so happened that we went on an Audrey Hepburn movie marathon binge for like a long weekend. Where are you? What part of Europe? I was in London. And flying back to America. And I get on the plane and I get myself situated. Now, me on an airplane is about 
five seconds of buckling my seatbelt and, you know, 11 and a half hours of sleeping. And I get on the plane and I get all, you know, situated and stuff and I'm sitting there and there's, and I was in first class. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Very, very fancy. And not a lot of people in first class and I look over so I'm sitting in a window seat so oh there's a God, seat next to me, me and there's oh middle God. section and then over there is Audrey Hepburn wow and I, I I honestly it's like am I making this up right is she really there yeah is she and I just it's like ah, go to sleep you gotta go to sleep <laughs> like I didn't know what to do with myself right anyway I was beside myself yeah. beside myself and should I talk to her? Should I not talk to her? I can't talk to her. I can't talk to her. I walk up to her and go, hi, I'm an actor and I just love you. And I just didn't know what to do. So I did fall asleep. And then when I wake up, when the wheels touch the ground, which is my it's amazing MO. That yeah. you can do that. Wow. Thank you. And I think, okay, there's long lines at customs. Right. I will pull my stuff together, put a piece of gum in my mouth, mm-hmm. and say hello. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, she doesn't have an American passport. Oh no! She's at yeah, another place, somewhere else. Yeah. She's in the other line, and I missed my chance. My chance is over, and I'm so disappointed in myself, and really disappointed. <laughs> yeah. And I go downstairs because this was back in the day when I checked a bag, and I go down to baggage claim, mm-hmm. and I get my bag, and as I turn around, because you know the guy takes your ticket and looks at the thing standing right in front of me with her checked bag, is Audrey Hepburn, right. and she turns to me and she goes. You're wonderful. Wow. Yeah. With wow. her arms like this and hugs me. Oh. And I was just like, yeah. oh, I just like, she yeah. has no idea. She has no idea what is happening to my yeah. entire life right now. Yeah. And I had to call my friends and like, so every movie there was charade. I was like, she's right there. You know, I just could not believe wow, it. Wow. What yeah. a cool story. And like, yet again, timing. It wasn't meant to be on the plane. That's it what it was meant so to be. It was so magnificent. And unbeknownst to any of us at the time, she was unwell yeah. and she was given a Screen Actors Guild Lifetime Achievement Award in back in the day when they were these kind of smaller yeah. things whatever and she wrote me a letter and asked me to receive it on her behalf Uh-oh. and she wrote a speech and asked me to recite the speech and Gregory Peck yeah. they presented were dear, it dear friends. and it was just I, just my whole life I just thought what is yeah. happening right now. Gregory Peck is, I'm sort of the proxy for Audrey Hepburn. What right. is going on? And I read this beautiful speech that she'd written. Yeah. I mean, it was, That's I kind of forget story. that that even happened to me because really? it was so, it just sounds like fiction. Yeah. Like, it, oh, so I'm on this plane. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it just, That's wild. it sounds like a made up story, that but it incredible. all happened. I love that. And she was, you know, I mean, honest to God, when you look at like the epitome of class. Class. You know, she just was so elegant. And she was elegant from Roman holiday on. Yeah. yeah. It was, it, she started there. She didn't have the mullet years, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it just started with a ballet dancer and just went and from there. And UNICEF and yeah, all of it. Sure. I mean, yeah. amazing. Mr. Clooney, do you have somebody? Do you have- yeah, well, I have guys that I, like for instance, I think that as an actor, the guy that, moved me the most would always be Spencer Tracy because I couldn't I couldn't take my eye off him anything he mm. did so I loved him you know in sort of the newer method actors 
I really loved the first one, which people overlook often, which was Monty Clip before, yeah. uh, mm. before Brandon, before James, yep. it was Monty Clip. And if you watch, like, he and Elizabeth Taylor in A Place in the Sun. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think there's two sexier people, and I don't think there's a right. more beautiful, sort of told, tragic love story. Mm-hmm. You, there's that shot where you just see her eyes over his shoulder when mm-hmm. he says, oh, there's so much I wish I could tell you. She goes, tell mama. And you're yeah. like, I'll tell you mama. I remember hearing the story that there was a line in it that he says to her where he says, I'll love you always. And he said, I love you always. Oh, oh. oh I didn't know that. Right? Didn't just know the that little, was... just him kind yeah. of. But the that's another cool. example of people that their friendship I think yes. allowed them yes. to yeah. really be well, vulnerable. She, she stuck up for him later when he was yep. sick. Yeah. Two other actors that that <laughs> had a huge impact on me in my life, which was I was friends with Paul Newman and I was friends with Gregory Peck. And those two men, first mm-hmm. of all, were about the two most elegant movie stars yeah. you could ever meet. But they were also crazy funny. And, you know, had wicked sense of humor. Newman played pranks on me. And, 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 but they also, they were citizens of the world in mm. a way that I loved. They were the examples that I look at and say, well, that's, those are the people that you aim for. Right. You know, and that, that they're that light in the sky that mm. you look at. And I mean, I think it's really clear that the two of you sit in those seats with, the younger generation of actors, you talk about the sort of generosity of your work, your generosity of spirit when you're with people, but you also use your celebrity in such a powerful give back way. Did you just know when that moment was to start to use your voice? I can, you know, remember in the 90s, you know, Mm -hmm. seeing you, watching you, watching you. When did you kind of... I was very young when Julia was famous. In the 90s. I was a child watching her in the theater. right. I remember those days. Remember those days? When I um, came in my covered wagon. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, like, I think that I think that we were always, you know, speaking up. It's just that yeah. no one was necessarily listening until right. sort of other things happened in life. Because I grew up in the 60s and 70s, which right. is if you weren't talking about the civil rights movement or the women's rights movement or the Vietnam, you know, or the drug counterculture or any of that stuff, you weren't having some opinion and talking and defending some ideas. You weren't part of the society. Yeah. But don't you also think that being the child of a journalist, you have a great like inside track to really knowing everything that's going on in a way that maybe some of the kids in your community wouldn't have probably understood. Also, my father's thing was always about challenging people, you know. So I remember going to Catholic school and uh, getting kicked out in, I think, fifth grade for a week because I'd written a piece about Doubting Thomas. And Doubting Thomas was the guy who said, I want to put my hand in the wound. You said that Jesus rose again. I want to put my finger in the wound or I don't believe you. And he was, you know, sent away. And I wrote a piece because they asked us to write a piece about the Bible. And I wrote a piece saying that Doubting Thomas was a reporter and that he was the 
you know, the most informed because he said, I'm in, but I need some proof. Stigmata. Right. Give it. Yeah. Yeah. I want some proof. <laughs> you're that gets you in trouble in the Catholic school. Wow. In he suspended for a 1970. <laughs> My father was very proud of the fact that I was kicked out. So uh, I think I had a great advantage because my father was always about asking questions and not taking things at face value. So what gives you hope today? What is, as we sort of, you know, head towards... Oh, the, the world falling apart? You yeah. know what gives me hope? Yeah, every time I'm around young people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when we were doing the March for Our Lives... It gave me incredible hope. Mm-hmm. I stand there and go, they, they don't look at this and say, this is the status quo. They look at it and go, you know, why can't this be fucking changed? And I go, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because I fall into it at times where I'll go, well, this is the best available. Mm. You know, this is the best thing we can do now. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, it's right to reach. It's yeah. right to push. Uh, in a way that um, I suppose the, my younger self would have. I could talk to Julia and George for hours, and the fact that we're in a hotel room and not a restaurant means there's no check to come or meal to finish. So it really could go on forever. But these are people with a lot of commitments, and I gotta let them go. When I have to just fan out, I love you both so much. <laughs> I've had the pleasure of really spending significant, intimate moments intimate meaning let me just say it this way yeah just say at it. our wedding yeah oh okay so oh <laughs> the first George. people who don't know bruce have to understand two things one is he's built like something michelangelo has carved out of a piece of marble true this is true i can i can number one and number two he's the first person to show you that <laughs> at every party at every dinner Maybe off. take it take a shirt off shirt comes off yeah. like before dessert Right, off it comes. The prelude to dessert. And I can't tell you how many events, parties I've been to where the shirt comes off. And I I remember one at at our wedding, Matt Damon pulls his shirt off, and I'm like, What are you doing? (laughs) Don't you know Bruce is here? Yeah, put your shirt back on. (laughs) This will haunt me. And it was, well, first of all, your wedding was. Epic. Well, yeah, I didn't think about the moment when I left your wedding in my tuxedo without a shirt on, and all of a sudden there was a, a And lot now of, it's a trend. Now, now dudes are showing up on red carpets with jackets on and no shirt thank you, all Julia over. You started it. You started it. I just got to say, thank you so much for joining me on Table for Two. I love you both so much. Love I can you. fan out. I love, love you, Julia Roberts. I love you, George Clooney. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thanks. Thanks. Table for Two with Bruce Bozzi is produced by iHeartRadio, 737 Park, and Airmail. Our executive producers are Bruce Bozzi, Jonathan Haas-Dressler, and Nathan King. Table for Two is edited and written by Tina Mullen and researched and written by Bridget Arsenault. Our sound engineers are Emile B. Klein, Paul Bowman, and Alyssa Midgaff. Table for Two's LA production team is Danielle Romo and Lorraine Virez. Our music supervisor is Randall Poster. Our talent booking is by Jane Sarkin. Special thanks to Amy Sugarman, Uni Cher, Kevin Uvane, Bobby Bauer, Allison Cantor Graber, and for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. 
The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.